Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. I have never spelunked, but I really, really want to. If there is any adventurous skill that I would like to have, I would put spelunking far above any other. Alpine skiing, heliskiing, skydiving, those all sound lovely in some way, but spelunking, the possibility and reality of entering into and following a system of caves underground, for me, is just incredibly intriguing, dynamically intriguing, viscerally intriguing. If there's an article in National Geographic about a new cave that was discovered, I am definitely going to read it. Movies about caves, Batman, Goonies, stories about caves, nonfiction articles about caves and the discoveries therein, archaeology, anthropology, zoology, caves are places where something very interesting is happening or something very interesting has happened. And there's good reason for that. Most caves are protected from every side except the entrance. So if I have entered into a cave and I am sure that there is no one and nothing else in the cave and I can protect the entrance, then I know that I am alone. I know that I am safe, and therefore, something can happen there. As Joshua Shry pointed out in the Emerald podcast episode about caves, so much of humanity's ancient shamanic rituals happened in caves. And that's for a variety of reasons, one of which is that caves resonate with sound and therefore are conducive to creating rituals and experiences that are dependent upon sound and upon rhythm. But another reason is because a cave is a place and a space that is safe enough in which to do something dynamic, in which to enter into another layer of reality or experience. It's just hard to do that in the forest when I have to be concerned that I might be attacked by marauders or coyotes. So caves are spaces safe and womb-like in which something dynamic, something transcendent can happen. And that is true in many of the cave stories that populate our biblical history and our biblical tradition. When Sarah, our mother, dies and Abraham is intent on gaining possession of a place in which to bury her, he buys Me'arat HaMachpelah, the double cave. It is said that he became aware of this special cave when the three unexpected guests visited him a few days after his self-circumcision. He went to get a cow, which he would slaughter and cook for them, Unsurprisingly, the cow was not too excited to be slaughtered and cooked, and the cow ran away, and Abraham followed. 
and the cow kept going, and Avraham followed, and eventually the cow led him to the opening of a cave, and Avraham peeked inside and saw a great light that was shining in the cave, and he understood that this was indeed a very special place. So when it came time to bury his wife such that she could then transition into the next world, he knew that this would be the place in which that could happen. And this is why it is called the double cave, the Merat HaMachpelah, the double cave, because it lives in two worlds. It exists in two worlds. It is a portal and an access point to what is beyond. And this quality of providing access to something that is beyond shows up in several stories in Tanakh about caves. In the first book of Kings, in chapter 18, we read about Izevel, who was an evil queen who had taken it upon herself to eradicate all of the true prophets of God from the land. Meanwhile, her husband's servant, Obadiahu, took 100 prophets of the true God and hid them in a cave. And this cave, which is known to this day as Ovadia's cave, becomes a place, a location that is safe enough to protect these people who can then do the work of connecting to that which is beyond and to serve as prophets of the true God. Similarly, we find that Moshe, Moses, entered into a cave in order to be protected from the overwhelming light of God and be able to have that transcendent experience and bring it out into the world. So we find in Exodus 33, Moshe has asked God to show him, Moses, God's glory. And God said, I will pass all of my goodness before you, and I will call the name of God before you, and I will favor those that I will favor, and I will have compassion on those upon whom I will have compassion. And then God says, you will not be able to see my face because a person cannot see my face and live. And God said, there is a place with me. You will stand upon the mountain. And when I pass all of my glory before you, I will place you into Nikrat Hatsur. I will place you into the cleft of the mountain, which is a small cave. And I will cover you with my hand until I pass by you. And then I will remove my hand, and you will see me from behind, so to speak, and you will not see my face. We find also the tremendous revelation of Elijah, of Eliyahu, happened in a cave. He has been running away from the king and sleeping in the wilderness, and he's awakened by an angel who tells him to get up and to eat because he has quite a journey before him. So he got up and ate and drank, and he walked by the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. And he came to the very mountain of Chorev. He came to Har Sinai, perhaps even to the same cave that Moses had entered, because it says, and he came there into the cave, and he slept there. And there, in that cave, Eliyahu has this essential beautiful and challenging encounter with God where God says, what are you doing here, Eliyahu? And Eliyahu says, I alone am zealous for God, for they have abandoned your covenant and they have destroyed your altars and they have killed your prophets. 
and I alone remain, and they seek my life. And then, interestingly enough, God tells Eliyahu to leave the cave and to stand on the mountain before God. And God made a great wind pass, a wind that broke mountains and shattered stones. But God was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, and God was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, and God was not in the fire. And after the fire, a quiet voice. And only then, after these signs and wonders, Eliyahu came and stood outside of the cave with his cloak covering his face, creating another sort of cave in order to protect him from the overwhelming light of this revelation. This idea of a cave as a place of revelation continues beyond Tanakh and into, for example, the story of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai and his son when they are running from the Romans who are seeking to imprison them. And they find, again, a safe place, not only to be protected from and to avoid being caught and punished by the authorities, but as a place of revelation. And in that cave, the Zohar is born. The Zohar, our great mystical text, takes place in that cave and in other caves in the vicinity where the characters, the rabbis, who populate the stories of the Zohar, travel along the road and then enter caves and find mysterious beings who share with them the great secrets of Torah. So again, we find this combination of cave as a safe place to run away, to not be taken in by negative forces, and also a place to not be overwhelmed by positive but dangerous forces. And this cave provides a location and therefore an opportunity to go from safety into revelation and into dynamic experience with what is beyond. These are all incredible stories about caves and about people who used caves as ways to access something which is beyond. And there are also people and cave stories that go in the opposite direction. In fact, the first cave we encounter in Tanakh is the cave to which Lot and his daughters escaped when Sodom was being destroyed. After they escaped the fire and brimstone that fell on their city and went through this cave, the next scenes show us this cave as a private place in which Lot is uh, drugged and then raped by his daughter and then raped by his other daughter on a subsequent night in order to perpetuate the population of humanity. So though we could 
somehow read this as really the birth of Mashiach because the child that is born from Lot's first daughter with Lot is Moab, who is the ancestor of Ruth, who represents one of the pillars of the lineage of King David. That doesn't seem to excuse the devastating reality of what happened in that cave at that time with Lot and his daughters. And another story of a cave that we find later on, when King Shaul has set his sights on finding and killing King David himself, whom Shaul perceives as a rival. Shaul pursues King David down to the place called Ein Gedi. At that time, King David and his soldiers are hiding in a cave. Shaul, who literally needs to use, to use the bathroom, perceives this cave as a safe place in which he can do what he must do. And he enters into this dark cave to urinate, not knowing that King David is there with those soldiers. And King David, though choosing not to kill Shaul, he does cut off a corner of his robe. Afterwards, after Shaul emerges, King David emerges after him and shows Shaul the corner of that robe and demonstrates to Shaul that he, David, could have killed Shaul and did not. So again, while this is an important encounter in the royal history of the Jewish people and is one of the key episodes in the story that ultimately leads to King David becoming king, we can't really claim that what happened in that cave is an example of someone finding a safe place in which to pursue transcendence. Though you can point towards King David's ability to transcend what seems to be a relatively simple and easy and direct way to become king and how he capitulates toward a process that is more infused with trust and faith in the divine. So we will have to explore what it is that makes a cave a place of simple escape and hiding versus a place that affords us the safety that we need in order to reach another plane and another level of contact with the divine. And that question, what makes a cave a place to hide versus what makes a cave a place of connection is really the key question. And that puts us squarely in the very modern question. When are we hiding? And when are we actually seeking the safety and the protection that we need in order to do the good work? When are we running to caves in order to avoid something? And when are we running to our caves in order to encounter something? Thank you.